We shall now turn to the chapter which we read together. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. And our text for this morning is verse 21. You could read verse 20 as well. Luke 12, verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now in this passage, Jesus is teaching us to beware of covetousness. Is it not a bit surprising that one of the commandments deals with covetousness? It doesn't seem all that big a sin, does it? We can think of murder as terribly wrong and adultery and stealing and lying. But covetousness, it's all inside the mind. What is covetousness? It's the desire for wealth, the love of money. But then, of course, we remember how Paul says to Timothy that the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is behind stealing. It's often behind murder. It's behind lies so often and Sabbath breaking and so many other sins. Covetousness. How common a sin it is. So general. Why are there so many strikes going on? Covetousness. The real drivers earning 60,000 a year. They want more money. They're striking. The consultants earning hundreds of thousands a year. They're striking for more money. Doesn't matter how much money people earn, they're wanting more. Rothschild, the, the old banker, was once asked, how much money is enough? He had billions. How much money is enough? And he said, a little bit more. How true of man. Always wanting more. More money. More wealth. Thou shalt not covet. And in another place, Paul says, covetousness is idolatry. Why? Because covetousness is making a God out of money. The Israelites left the land of Egypt. They had seen God's mighty power in the miracles, the plagues that he brought upon the Egyptians. Wonderfully, Jehovah displayed his power in opening the Red Sea before them so that they were able to cross through on dry land while the Egyptian, the Egyptian army coming after them was drowned. And then shortly after that, they made a golden calf. 
and bowed down and worshipped it. Now, we don't have a golden calf today. And yet we do have a golden calf. So many people are worshipping gold and silver and money and material things. Now, there's nothing wrong with wealth in itself. And some very wealthy men have been very godly. Think of Abraham. We think of Job, how wealthy he was. There have been godly men, godly women who have used their wealth so well. But sadly, so often, wealth becomes a god. Money becomes a god. For too many people, they're spending their lives making money. How often we hear people say, We're going around the doors, maybe in Glasgow, trying to invite people to church. And they say, I'm too busy. I'm working seven days a week. Or I'm too busy with my business, too concerned about these things. And they're so taken up with with their wealth. And so hard working, as it were, for this life. That they forget that there's another life. They forget that there's eternity ahead. Well, here we find, first of all, a very unhappy man. We're told that this man comes to Jesus, comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, comes to the Son of God, and what does he ask? He asks, how can I be saved? No, that's not his concern. His Concern is, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. His concern is for this life and the money that belongs to this life. That's what he's bothered about. His father had died. Generally speaking, the tradition was that the oldest brother would get two shares and the rest of the brothers would get one share each of the inheritance. But in this case, one brother, it seems, has taken it all. And the other brother saying, it's not fair. It's not fair. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. He's talking to the Savior, to the Son of God. And his concern is not for eternity or for his soul's salvation or for forgiveness for his sins. But his concern is with this life and with his prosperity here and his riches, and his pleasures. He forgets that this world is soon over. And that we're all dying. And what then? What happens when we die? Job said, and Job was one of the wealthiest men that ever lived. Job said, naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return thither. He had made lots of money, and then it disappeared in a day. And that sometimes happens. Earthly wealth, it's quite hard to cling to and very uncertain. And all sorts of things can destroy it. And Job lost all his wealth in one day. And he said, naked came I into this world, naked shall I leave this world. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. The only important thing is, have I got Christ? Have I got eternal wealth? Have I got riches in the bank of heaven? Earthly banks fail. But the bank of heaven never fails. His concern is just for this life. Is that your concern? All your time and effort and energy being spent on making money. And so troubled to make more money and provide for your family. And you think it's very good how you're providing for your family. And of course, we all have a duty to provide for our own. But how sad it is if we're only concerned about this life and forget that our end may come suddenly. And where will we be? Where will we be then? I find it terribly sad when, when the parents die and the children are squabbling over what's left behind. I've known several families like that, where siblings, brothers and sisters, won't talk to one another because one has been left the house or whatever it is, and the others are jealous, covetous. The love of money causes families to fall out. People won't talk to one another. All for the sake of a few pounds that we have for a few short years, and then the vast eternity is before us. Are you unhappy today? Because you've lost out on an inheritance? Because somebody's stolen from you? Because you've been subject to a scam? Is it really troubling you? Because you made a bad deal? Somebody cheated you? What really does it matter? Does it matter all that much? Having food and clothing, Christ says, therewith be content. Consider the ravens, these horrid, filthy birds, and yet how your heavenly father feedeth, feedeth them. They don't sow, they don't reap, and yet God feeds them every day. Consider the lilies, how beautiful they are. They don't spin, they don't make clothes. And yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like a lily. Here's an unhappy man, unhappy because he's lost out on his father's inheritance. And all he seems to care about is money. Well, next we notice here a very successful man. <laughs> Jesus says to the unhappy man, I haven't been appointed as a judge or a divider over you, and I'm not going to get involved in these earthly affairs. I didn't come into this world to judge the world. I came into the world to save it. I'm concerned about salvation, about eternal life. One day I will judge the world. And one day every man and woman will be gathered before me. And each one will have to give their account to me. And one day I will divide between them 
as a shepherd divides between the sheep and the goats, I will say to some, come ye blessed of my father. And to others, I will say, depart from me, ye cursed, into that place prepared for the devil and his angels. But today, he says, I'm not a judge. So he tells a parable, tells about a man whose fields yielded a bumper crop. Tremendous harvest. No doubt he was very hardworking. He was a very skilled farmer. He uses fertilizer. He uses the best seed. He, he gets rid of all the weeds. He's hardworking. And at the end of the season, he's got this massive crop. And he says to himself, what will I do? I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And I'll store up all this wealth that I've made. And I will say to my soul, soul, take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Have a good time. You've got much goods laid up for many years. Retire and enjoy yourself. Well, there are many like that. I can think of neighbors that we have. We in Glasgow, both had excellent jobs. The man particularly was flying around the world. He had loads of money. And then he retired. And his wife retired too from her job. She had a good job as well. And they were going to go on a holiday to Japan. And they had all kinds of plans of cruises and so on. And then COVID came along. So the holiday was cancelled. And then after COVID, Alzheimer's set in, just in his 60s. But he's now a poor, pathetic individual. Great plans. How many there are who have great plans what they're going to do when they retire? And then they die. Or ill health comes along. Or one problem or another. Maybe you're like that. And you're, you're looking forward to retirement and what you're going to do or you're saving up for this or that, these great cruises that you're going to go on, going to travel the world, going to have a wonderful time. My friends, how uncertain life is, how uncertain our health is, how uncertain our money is. A very successful man, what does he do with his wealth? Does he thank God for it and say, I can now help so many people. I can get involved in so many good causes. I can give money to this and to that and all these beggars that I can help, all these poor people who are needy, who are homeless, who are hungry. I can help them. But no, all he could think about was himself. A very successful man. But then, thirdly, a foolish man. A foolish man. 
Christ says to us, don't call anybody a fool. If you call a person a fool, you're in danger of hellfire. It's a very serious thing to call a person a fool. We're singing in Psalm 14, the fool that said in his heart that there is no God. What a fool, person who denies that there is a God. A person who lives as if there is no God, practical fool. How foolish. But here, you notice what God says. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? Well, actually, in the original, it's even more blunt. You notice that the word thou here is in italics. It's not in the, in the Hebrew. It's not in the Greek here. It's simply fool. What a big fool this man was. He thought he was so wise. He thought, yes, and in worldly terms, he was tremendously wise and he... He'd earned so much money and he was so wealthy. Fool. He forgot the vital truth that life is uncertain, that death is sure, and we never know when death will come. How quickly our life can end, young or old, a stroke, a heart attack, Cancer, car accident. Yesterday, my wife and I took a walk through the, the cemetery graveyard there across the road. Could see so many, so many names of people I'd known in my youth and growing up. Gone, some young, some old. I began to reflect on different people I'd known, folk who were in school with me, and some died even in school. Car accident, brain tumor, an, accident, uh, an, an operation going wrong. How many? Suddenly, into eternity. You think when you're young, you've got a long life in front of you. But none of us can be sure. That we'll see tomorrow. He were, here was a healthy and a wealthy man. And God says to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Tonight you're going to die. Wonder is God saying that to you just now? Tonight you're going to die. And if you died tonight, where would you be tomorrow? In heaven or in hell? You won't get to heaven unless you're born again. You won't get to heaven unless you have Christ as your Savior. Thou fool, this night thy soul should be required of thee. Nobody likes to be called a fool. But how foolish 
many people are. If I was to call you a fool to your face, you would get angry with me. But is God calling you a fool? People think of themselves so clever. And they, they go to their financial advisors and they prepare for all kinds of eventualities. They are their, their home is insured and their car is insured. And their lives are insured and they're, they've got their savings and their pensions. And they're making sure that they have plenty of money for their lives. When they don't have a penny or what comes after their life is over. Strange, isn't it? So to be so careful about this, this life that lasts at most for about a hundred years, and then the never-ending eternity, and they make no financial provision at all. Are you a fool? People call somebody a fool if they don't bother about providing for their pension. How much more of a fool if you don't provide for eternity and you're a beggar forever who can't buy even a drop of water, tormented in the flame of hell. Think of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man fared sumptuously every day, dressed in purple, lived in a palace. He had loads of money. He had a great life. And as a challenge to him, God sent a beggar to his door. He didn't give the beggar a crumb. And the day came when the beggar didn't give to him a drop of water. How sad. The rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus, a struggle through this life. Poverty and illness. But then he dies and he's carried to Abraham's bosom where he's happy forever. And the rich man goes from his life of luxury. Opens his eyes in hell, being in torment. Torment. How horrible. And no way out. A great gulf fixed so that there's no way from hell to heaven. No second chance. Our society is very much taken up with making money, with earning, with enjoying pleasures, and so careful about many things. And sadly, even those who grow up in Christian homes can be taken up with making money and providing for this life and forget that at any moment, death could come. And what a disaster to die Christless and to go to hell. How is it with you? 
Do you hope everything's fine? Is your hope a, a grounded hope? An anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast, fixed within the veil? Or a vague, dreamy hope? I hope I'm not bad enough for hell. I hope I'm good enough for the Lord to save me. Well, if that's your attitude, there's no hope for you. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. A foolish man. Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? How quickly a person's wealth is scattered. All that effort that goes into acquiring wealth. And then placed in a grave. A grave that makes us all equal. We all get our six foot of earth. And there we are lying together in the cemetery. The wealthiest and the poorest. But no, that's not where we are. In our souls we're in heaven or in hell. And where will it be with you? Well, finally, a wise man. We all want to be wise. And here we have instruction. Christ is saying to us, prepare to meet your God. Seek ye the Lord while he is to be found. Call upon him while he is near. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come. When you get hardened and calloused in your sins, it doesn't get any easier to become a Christian as you get older. Satan says it's much easier when you're older, but there are very few who are converted in their old age. If you're not converted in your 20s, there's very little chance in your 30s. If you're not converted in your 30s, there's very little chance in your 40s. And if you're not converted in your 50s, well, a very bleak chance indeed. If you're not converted in your youth, childhood and youth, there's a hardening takes place. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Prepare to meet your God. Yes, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And the Lord provides for us in his mercy and his kindness. We work and we provide for our family. But first of all, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Be sure you have a home in eternity first. Before you're concerned about a home here. You can manage some way through this life. But if you don't have a home in the next life, you're in a desperate condition. Homeless forever. Lay up for yourself treasure in the bank of heaven. 
You could have millions in the Bank of Scotland. Won't help you when you die. But have you got money in the Bank of Heaven? That's what matters. Nehemiah says to God, remember my good deeds, which I have done. He's not meaning by that that he's putting his trust in his good deeds. Because in a sense, no deeds are good until we become Christians. We're not saved by good deeds. We're saved by faith alone. But the faith that we have in Christ is never alone. It's a faith that expresses itself in good deeds. And these good deeds are remembered by God. When we're converted, we're justified by faith alone. On the judgment day, we are justified by works. Because our works display the reality of our faith in Christ alone. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Don't be like the rich young ruler who came running up to Jesus and said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, keep the commandments. And he said, I've kept them all. I'm a good living person. I just need one more thing, and then I'll be sure I'll get to heaven. And Jesus said to him, well, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. Come and follow me, and you shall have treasure in heaven. You shall have eternal life. But he wouldn't. Why? Because he loved his wealth more than he loved God. And he trusted in his wealth. And he wouldn't part with his wealth. And his money was his God, so he didn't even keep the first commandment, not alone the rest. Priorities. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ and make sure you have him. We are all basically poor. But Christ came into the world to make the poor wealthy. He who was rich was for our sakes made poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. We are in debt. We are beggars. But when we have Christ, we are rich. We have eternal life. We have treasure in heaven. Each one of us has to come as a beggar to Christ and cry, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if we come earnestly to him, he will hear and he will answer. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, says Christ. In my father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to be with myself. But where I am, there you may be also. You need a home in heaven. You believe that there's a God. Believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you will have a home in heaven. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, help us to learn from thy word, from the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to turn from idols to the living God, to turn from the pursuit of earthly wealth and riches, to pursue heavenly wealth. Help us, Lord, to set our affections on those things that are above, to lay up our treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. May our heart be in heaven, safe in the hands of Christ. Bless us then, each one. Speak to us from thy word. May thy word stick in our hearts. May it remain there and bring forth fruit in our lives. Keep the devils away from taking the good seed from us and help us to receive thy word, to mix it with faith, and so to bear fruit to eternal life. Pardon sin for Jesus' sake. Amen. <laughs>